When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast. Now, my guest today says there is no courage without fear being present first. And joining me on today's show is Rachel Evans. Rachel is a 45-year-old CEO, and she's also the founder of the Workshop Whisperer and Brave Media Network. She's also a wife. She's a mother in a blended family of six children. Now, she has been a disruptor for most of her life, and that goes doubly so in business. Rachel blazed a path in the automotive industry to grow a successful online business coaching program that helps repair shops owners to achieve business success and also work with seven and eight-figure female entrepreneurs looking for that last little exclusive piece of fulfillment that allows them to feel like they really do have it all. Now, on today's show, we're going to dive into a number of different topics, specifically how fear means go. It does not mean turning and running the other way. We're going to talk about no one is coming to save you or to give you a free leg up. You will be the one that has to save yourself as well as bravery is not just for strong men. We women have it in the bucket full and so much more, I'm sure. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. It's a pleasure to be with you. You, I know, have such a deep uh, richness, if you will, of uh, insights that you can share today, I'm sure. And uh, fear, I think, is one that many women in business can tend to have them running uh, the other direction and saying, look, bravery and courage is not just for men, but certainly for women as well. So I really look forward to to diving into that. But as we said in the introduction, you really blazed the way in the automotive industry, which in and of itself, is kind of a male-dominated area. So it's great that you've just blazed that path. When it comes to if you were to give us a bit of a snapshot of some of the highlights and challenges overcome that have really uh, led you down the path to where you are today, what would that be? Can you give us a bit of a snapshot of that journey? Definitely. And look, I ended up in the automotive industry by accident. Uh, It wasn't uh, my choice of industry as to where uh, I would um, pursue a career. I ended up there by accident because my ex-husband was an automotive technician. So he was a motor mechanic, still is a motor mechanic. And uh, I had always been in some kind of sales, marketing or mentoring. And when I moved myself into business and away from being an employee um, more than 15 years ago, uh, I was uh, in the fitness industry. I had a personal training business. 
And not long after uh, my ex-husband uh, decided he wanted to go into business for himself as well, uh, he started a mobile mechanic business. And like many wives uh, do when their husband is in small business, uh, I was responsible for doing the books, doing the financials. And I also did the marketing and I did it in much the same way as I marketed for my personal training business. Mm -hmm. So by the time uh, he decided that he wanted to move into a fixed workshop premises, uh, I had a fairly good understanding of how to talk to that market, uh, yes. you know, people looking for service and repair. So I just amplified what I knew to do uh, from my sales and marketing experience of the past. And we really took a rundown business uh, that we purchased quite cheaply and within 18 months, we had other businesses of a similar nature knocking on our door asking what we were doing. And I had already uh, learnt how to grow an online business because when I had my third child, I actually put my fitness business online and started doing online coaching, ah. kind of back before it was a thing, um, you know, 2011 and uh, for your listeners in Australia that might be familiar with Michelle Bridges before she had the 12-week body transformation wow. that's online. So yeah. uh, I knew that uh, I knew how to get a program up online. I knew how to get customers to see the program. Um, what I initially did, however, after we were approached by some of these other auto repair shops for help was I looked around in the market to see where the automotive industry specific coaches were and found that there weren't any and that was a surprise to me because in other industries that I'd worked there was always a specific coach for the niche yeah. so I thought well I know how to do this uh, I know how to get a program up online and rather than help people one by one um, I'll put up my hand and I'll say I can help you no matter where you are across Australia and New Zealand and uh, I created a, an eight-week online program, just created the first two weeks to, to get started. And uh, that first eight weeks, uh, you know, I wrote the next module one week ahead of where the clients were at. Mm. And, uh, you know, that was 2014, July of uh, 2014. And, you know, that that's now a, a multi-million dollar business um, and it's paved the way not just for me to enjoy success in the space, but it's allowed us to help men who own auto repair shops to actually have a different relationship with their wives who might also be working with them in auto repair shops. So now we have dynamic duos, uh, husband and wife couples, or at least a better understanding um, between the two of them of how to run a successful business and have a successful family life as well and uh, that's enormously satisfying yeah I can imagine you know when you shared that the first business that you had was a fitness business business around the time that you launched that I mean when you think of it fitness was really seen as you have a fitness online business how can you do that fitness is really face to face so I would imagine that uh, one of the things when we're talking about fear what we need to be mindful of too is be mindful who you share your vision and what you're going to achieve because if we don't if we uh, surround ourselves with naysayers and people who may not be able to see the vision yet that can be one way that fear and doubt can keep us stuck 
When you look back into the trajectory of where your business has really leapt from, you know, strength to strength, can you share with us some of the maybe the finer um, aspects of where you really were at crossroad to, I can allow fear to keep me stuck, but you didn't. What was the lesson? What was that, those situations? And what were the lessons that we can perhaps learn? Because fear is something that I think, you know, if, if we want to surround ourselves with issues and situations that can be a little bit fearful, there's many in a day that we could probably uh, highlight. So what are some of those lessons that you learned and just to really uh, go rather than stop when fear comes across your path? You, you mentioned the key word, uh, which is crossroads. And I actually uh, speak on a topic called where motherhood and ambition collide, that that <laughs> junction that you find yourself at, where uh, we've got all of these priorities and they clash with what we're uh, being told we should be doing as women in the world. And I think one of my uh, gifts is that I don't actually stop to procrastinate. Uh, I have a I have purposely established what I call the dream team around me and that has um, looked you know different over the years um, as I've progressed through different stages um, of my life and my my business career you, you mentioned you know people can give, be giving you their opinions and their perspectives and they don't line up with your vision and what you're excited about and if we do listen we get stuck at the at the junction at the uh, at the crossroads so it's important for you to keep in full view where it is you are going and what you are prepared uh, to do in order to get there and who you are prepared to have on the journey with you and that can sound quite cold or calculating or harsh however uh, it's really important because we are told as women or we are still given the idea that our children should really be grown before we start moving into uh, ambition and, um, you know, achieving our goals. And there's a fear of, well, what will people think of me? What, how will people judge me if I am in the workforce or I am running a business or I am starting a business while my children are young? And, you can be derailed by that fear and and stay stuck at the crossroads or you can choose what's best for you and what ultimately you believe is best for your family. Um, we have an equal right to contribute to the economic stability of our family. We have an equal right to be supported with our vision and uh, with our own goals. And the gender stereotype that um, children and home come first is outdated. Mm. There's lots of fears around those things. Uh, it's up to us to keep what we want um, in, yeah. you know, in full view. Yeah. What's um, really great too, and we can hear dogs barking in the back, back there. What I love about that is that really your environment in the business, I know a lot of women who are listening and watching this particular podcast run their own business. And what the last two or three years have shown us too, and many businesses who may have had a corporate space is there is a whole lot of business that is online and your ideal client, if you can provide like you have, Rachel, through a service that you expertise that you can support, 
your, you know, you don't have just have a region. Your region could be the world, you know, and you could do that from your home office whilst you are also, you know, um, have aspects of, of kids there too. And the learning experience, the entrepreneurial um, lessons that you could just, you know, symbiotically share with the clients, uh, with your children that they can pick up, I think they could not learn that in a school environment isn't it? If I think back to, to some of the lessons that I've learned, even through hearing, um, you know, parents who are entrepreneurial and their kids are now entrepreneurial and they've even homeschooled. I mean, I take my hat off to, to parents who, who homeschool. That's amazing. But there are skills that they learn through watching their, their parents do or their mother do through business. And I think that's incredible to be able to do that. So it really is about that perspective, isn't it? And, and what are you allowing to keep you stuck? And I think as women, sometimes what we, what we want to make everyone comfortable, we want to be nice to everyone. But there are some decisions that we need to make along the way. And what I hear you saying is surround yourself with a key group of people who you respect. And some of them may give you some feedback as to, but it's the right feedback that will enable you to continue the momentum that you are building. What did you do to select the right people around you, Rachel? Because that can sometimes be an issue too for people. Who do I need in my circle? It's such an important question because uh, we can feel that the people we need to listen to are those people uh, closest to us in terms of um, family, um, previous generations, you know, um, mum and dad, grandparents, aunts and uncles, uh, in-laws as well. So it the question for me comes down to who has the results that I want and do I need to like everything they say? And the answer to that is no, because Sometimes what you need to hear the most is not the thing you want to hear the most. So in, in your dream team, what you're looking for is uh, support on the tough days. You're looking for brainstorming opportunities and you're looking for accountability. And we don't necessarily get those things when we're relying on uh, those closest to us. And we have to remember that there's, the people closest to us who may genuinely want the best for us, what they think is best is not necessarily our best. And they're often projecting their own fears onto us when they say things like, oh, look, you know, I didn't work while you kids were young um, and you turned out all right. So maybe just put that to the side for a while. Uh, or, uh, you know, you, you mix with a lot of employees, for instance, but you want to get your side hustle and make it your full-time gig. Um, some people have fear about being business owners and they would project that fear onto you. It's really key that you select your dream team from people that have the results that you want. And if you feel like, well, I don't know any of those people, well, this is where we get out and uh, we start asking people who they're connected to and, yes. uh, you know, and ask for help. Yeah. And so asking for help, that can be something that as women, we struggle with too. It's like, what if they say no? How am I and so again, fear can have us from reaching out. What What did you do? Is it is it, can it also be kind of like a paid as well, having coaches and mentors or the dream team can also include a, a blend of both, a hybrid of both, if that makes sense? Absolutely a hybrid of both. So as a 
as a business coach um, myself, um, I firmly believe that uh, I too need to have a coach. I need to practice what I preach because I'm always learning and I, I actively seek out uh, learning all the time. I've been with my coach uh, today before this uh, being here with you. So we always invest in our education. That's number one. And when you're just starting out, you know, you might think, well, I don't even have that money to invest. So you uh, look for the, the best education you can acquire at the time for the stage of business that you're at. And if that's just starting out, you know, that could be um, accessing a, a small grant or a small scholarship through your local business association uh, that helps uh, startups. Uh, and then there's a mix of people who uh, would be unpaid. So that person in business that you do know has been successful, you know, can you buy lunch and uh, and have a chat with them? Uh, would they mind catching up with you, you know, on a six-monthly basis or something like that? Um, get out there and, and network, uh, even if you're an, an introvert of sorts like I am. Uh, there is benefit in just getting connected uh, to other business owners or if you're, you know, in corporate uh, or in an employee in small business, get out to the various events that are relevant to where you're at in your career. Yeah. One of the things, as you say there, as an introvert, I am I am as well. So when you talk about go out there and in, in industry events, you know, one of the things that I love to do, and, and I do this with all of the people that I might have identified as what they're doing and just their approach. If they've got a podcast, I will binge listen to every podcast or interviews because it's the things that they share in the conversations of what they did and the challenges that they've overcome and the attitude that they've had. Um, which you can really pick up on, can't you? And I think consume everything you can because they may not necessarily be in a place to mentor, you know, to have kind of that mentorship. But it is being a being mindful of well, what did they do? What are the steps that they took? And I think we've got a um, you know an incredible amount of access to to it to content. But that leads me to the next question too. We need to have that balance between we recognise, okay, is this helpful or is is it going to hinder me? Because we can then go on information overload, which again can sometimes trigger the fear, isn't it? I'm overwhelmed with choices. I've got a lot of different areas that I can make a decision and move forward. How do I know that this is the best decision, that we don't get stuck in that procrastination? And I think that's where the accountability piece comes in, uh, and especially with the coach that you're working with. So number one, if you hire a coach, they have to be able to display that they've achieved the results that you're working towards. Uh, the coaching industry is unregulated. There are a lot of people teaching what they need to learn as they go along. It's really important that you've got someone in place who will keep you accountable and help you work out uh, what are the, you know, one, two or three priorities that we're working on this quarter in this 90 days because the other things while they might be important they're not going to move the needle like these three things are so it is important to um to have a level of accountability that you can access to keep you on track because as women uh, especially as mums uh there's a thousand things going on in the background even when we're we're at work you know, we're still got ticking around in the back of our mind, um, you know, soccer practice tonight and then the school rings and we've run out of Nutella. That was a phone call I got on Monday while I was uh, about to go on stage. Um, <laughs> so 
it's important that we learn uh, our own strategies for staying focused, even when we get pulled in those other directions. And yeah. it's important that we recognise what a bright, shiny object is that is going to steal our focus uh, so that when those things pop up, we go, oh, that's nice. I'll write that one down on my list for later, but it's not for now. Yes, so good. I, I love, I mean, we, we're going to talk about bravery um, and, and how much we have it. I mean, when you think about all of the things that as women we need to juggle, like that phone call before you say, Mum, we need Nutella, you know, just before you've got to hold that composure and you've just got to get out there on stage. I think we often don't see just who we are and what we're capable of, do we, as, as women. So uh, I love that story. I think we all have those. I still remember my kids were young when I had, you know, when I secretarial practice was my very first business well over, you know, two decades ago. And I'd be on the phone call with, you know, that that voice that you have to have kind of going like this to my kids because they were shoving things under and I just, mum just needs five minutes. I think we all have stories like that, don't we, as women? Yes. It doesn't just happen to us. We're not the only ones. It happens to everyone, um, as Rachel was just saying. Let's talk about no one is coming to save you or give you a free leg up. You will be the one to save yourself. What do we need to know about this, Rachel? This is really un about understanding uh, the, the courage and the bravery that exists already inside of you and not falling into victim mode um, about the fact that we've got competing priorities, like recognising that there's always a step forward. Mm -hmm. um, sure, we might find ourselves in less than favourable favourable situations and circumstances uh, that, you know, might slow us down. But we have the ability always to understand what fear is trying to tell us uh, to do. And it's important to recognise that fear isn't necessary. I'm talking about fear in business uh, here, not life-threatening situation fear. Uh, so if we're afraid to do something, that's actually our trigger to pause and ask what is this opportunity actually trying to uh to have me do and it's usually not asking you to turn around and run the other way it's scary because we might not have seen it before we might not have tried it before we heard that somebody else tried it and it failed for them it's our job to explore when we're afraid not run away yeah. and when we do run away, the question that we should end up asking ourselves is what was the opportunity cost of passing that up um, because we, we succumb to the fear? We've got the ability to summon courage whenever fear is present. Courage is not required if we're not scared, so let's remember that. So we've all got the ability to go, hang on a sec, let me look at this there might be something in it. And for women, uh, we are, we've been conditioned to believe that bravery is some, you know, something that happens on the battlefield or it's um, due to um, you know, heroic acts like pulling someone out of a fire or a flood. And there's no disputing that those things are brave. However, for women on a day-to-day -day basis, there's also other types of bravery. We're brave emotionally, we're brave morally, we're brave spiritually. This is where bravery shows up for us and it's really important that we recognise it 
and empower ourselves um, and start reflecting on if we apply that lens to bravery, just how bloody brave we actually are. Yes. You know, as you're sharing that, uh, something comes to mind that I've had a conversation on one of my other podcasts, and it's often that the aspect of us, I mean, you've spoken about a lot of different things and united, you know, combined really brings in that bravery and that strength. But often the very thing that can give us the edge or the thing that we can leverage is often what we've been told or reminded and even maybe mis mis misconceived, if that's the right word, to be a weakness. You know, often, oh, you're just emotional. Well, guess what? That emotion, when tailored and really used the right way, leveraged the right way, can be the difference between walking out of a conversation, you know, united and and with a win-win and being, you know, you get my drift. And so what you're then saying is the things that we often try to hide when we bring that up and uh, give ourselves that permission to be can actually be that bravery or that aspect that others will admire in us. Have you found that to be true too? Definitely. Yeah. And one of my quests is that we actually get to have more conversations about uh, our everyday acts of bravery uh, and create places for women of all circumstances uh, in life to be able to share um, their everyday brave acts so that more women understand that where they might have been spoken down to uh, for that emotional thing or where they questioned that moral thing or where their spirituality was challenged. Uh, no, actually, they're brave conversations and uh, it's a brave act to hold your conviction in those spaces. Yes. Yeah. And you know what's interesting about all of the things that you shared, and particularly let's let's just step back and look through kind of that lens of fear. And as you said, you know, using the aspects of what makes you brave that you may not even re realise um, is what makes you brave, just the daily things that you do, bring that to look at the lens as to what is it that is causing this, you know, having a bit of a, a, um, trepidation or fear. You know, there's something that I learned years ago and it was called the Disney process. And and uh, share it briefly here, said that there's three, often three different archetypes. There is the visionary archetype, there's the realist archetype, and then there's the critic archetype. Now, each of those brings some real gifts and strengths. The visionary is about seeing the vision, painting where we're going to go. Then the realist looks at that vision and says, well, what do I need to know to be able to get on board to support you with that vision? Then you go through and list all of those things. Then the critic looks at that and says, all right, let's do some risk management here. What do I need to have in place that I can support? These are the things. And then it goes back to the visionary, goes back to the realist. So by the time you go through that process, the critic goes, yeah, I'm good. The realist goes, I'm good. And off the visionary goes. And they actually use that, I believe, in uh, some of those, um, you know, the, the ways in which they ran their, their projects. So when you look then through the lens of the, the bravery, what are some things that you might have um, then done? Was it decisions that have been made, um, even, you know, um, following different ideas that you had in your business? How did you see this show up when you just allowed yourself to move forward, having all of the answers, kind of is, maybe use that Disney process as a an example? What are things that you've seen happen that have come to pass because of that? 
I think it's important to point out, first of all, that bravery is something that we assign in retrospect. You're not mm. brave in the moment, you're courageous in the moment. So it's uh, it's thinking back on things where we can go, that was brave. So you've got to make sure that you have time for reflection. Um, you know, much like you've got to make sure you have time to look back so you can see how far you've come. It's, you know, that same thing. Um, you know, I mentioned that uh, I came into the automotive industry by accident uh, because of my ex-husband. And that's probably where my most brave moments in the last five years stand out uh, was where I recognised that I didn't have the support uh, that I wanted to have in that relationship, not the same level of support uh, that I was giving out. And an eventual realisation that, um, you know, I needed to choose myself and what I thought was going to be the best path uh, for me and the kids moving forward. And that was to leave that relationship. And, you know, the sad fact is that, you know, with one in two marriages uh, ending in divorce or separation, you know, this is a very common thing but you are left to feel incredibly isolated when you make that decision as a woman to leave. Um, you are um, seen as the abandoner of your family. And still continuing on with that path despite knowing that, um, one, definitely the standout most brave moment of my life. And uh, it has led to every wonderful thing that has happened since then, uh, meeting my now husband uh, and, you know, welcoming uh, three more children into our family. It also um, paved the way for me to devote the energy that I wanted to devote uh, to growing my coaching business and now to Brave Media Network where I get to uh, speak to women as well, um, you know, very masculine audience in the in the automotive world. So... That brave moment, um, which was really a, a horrible 18 months to two years of time, uh, defines what happens moving forward. And, um, you know, as there are as many uh, women who would have made the decision to stay because the fear was too great and I don't judge that. Uh, but for me, it's this very process of fear that helped me move um, through, through that. that. Yeah. Right. You know, what What you've just shared there was, you know, an example, beautiful example, a very personal um, situation that you went through. And I think what I understand, you know, the steps that you took, the decisions that you've made can really be used across other aspects too. You know, even in business, if there's a failure, you made a decision, then you realise, well, that didn't actually work out. What I want to speak a little bit into is that often that situation then can 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 happen, you know, can occur. But what we end up doing is get so stuck in the guilt, in the shame and the things that we assume other people are saying to us or what we're saying to ourselves is to really be able to move through that because you would not be where you are today with, as you said, the new beautiful husband and the relationship and the family that you have now. Had you continued to hang on to the past? Because sometimes as women, we can tend to do that too. So did you use similar things that you've shared now um, to being able to heal that part of you too. That that would I would imagine is a process too. Yes. 
yeah, I think the healing is a is a separate process. But in terms of um, did I have I used the the process um, in other areas? Absolutely, in business, um, it's the same four things that we're moving through. So we're recognizing fear. We're we're not running the other way. We're going. Hey, what is this? Uh, we're yeah. summoning courage. Then the next part is the decision. We've you know between courage and acting, there's a decision to make, yeah. and. It's great to make the decision, but then we've got the final stage, which is actually doing something about it. And we use that in business all the time. So um, as we tell our clients, the seminar isn't actually, um, you know, the learning isn't actually uh, when you're at the seminar. It's when you get back to work on Monday, you've got to implement, you've got to act. And uh, that's the final important piece of the puzzle. Otherwise, you just cycle around. Um, you know, you, you kind of get clear in your mind on the decision part. Yep, I know I've got to do this. But then fear jumps up in front again, and we get stuck again. And then we might summon our courage again. Yep, I know I've got to do this. I know I've got to do this. I'll do it next week. Okay, but then next week passes and we haven't acted again. So it's a very transferable four step process, right from fear through courage to decision and action. Yeah, I love that. And just we'll spend, if you don't mind, just spending a little bit of time on that healing. The reason why is that if we don't deal with that, it can become a trigger that I, I have found in my own life and I've sort of observed in others that can inhibit that four-step journey because it's you, you're not taking the right decisions or you continuously um, notice when things do go wrong and you're focusing on the wrong things so that you can't take the right action step. If you were to say to someone who is in the position at the moment, uh, Rachel, where they are struggling with certain things and there is some healing to be done around that, not that only, you know, obviously share what, what you feel comfortable in sharing, but you really do, did you get support around that? What would you say to someone who is, is going through that at the moment and can see that, hey, I do need to work through this to enable me then to move forward in the best possible way? Well, this is where no one's coming to save you. Um, is really um, important. And I put myself into um, therapy and energy healing and, you know, immediately um, once I was separated from uh, my now ex-husband. And I am a learner uh, anyway. Learner is in my top five um, strengths. And I enjoy the process of learning about myself and it's your willingness to learn about yourself uh, going on a self-development journey is um, what's really important here. And my husband and I have a saying uh, right from the start and that is um, I'll look after me for you if you look after you for me. It's not his responsibility um, to fix me. And I'm not responsible for fixing him. We're responsible for fixing ourselves. So those things that might have triggered us from previous relationships, previous situations, even things that trigger us in business where we've been hurt or bitten before, you know, and once bitten, twice shy on moving on that uh, strategy again, it's our responsibility to dig into that and uh, to learn what patterns are in play, uh, what did we, what generational trauma is there? What um, conditioning is there that has us believe the things we believe uh, about certain situations or about ourselves? And it's our job to save ourselves. 
It's not anyone else's. So true. So true. Rachel, I know we've only just scratched the surface, but it's been such a rich conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your insights. If people want to find out about more about you and your network, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, please come and uh, have a conversation with me on Instagram uh, at the real Rachel Evans and at Brave Media Network, and uh, the same on Facebook. Join the conversation. Listen to uh, a podcast episode or two, uh, the Very Brave podcast uh, on Apple, Spotify, and and wherever else you listen. Yeah, fantastic. As you said, um, there are so many things that happen uh, to us, different decisions that we make. Yet when we have a set of principles, as you've said, there's four steps that whatever situations in front of us, we just work through those and every step, you know, and I love this, the fact that you talked about being courageous. You know, often we're looking for women, we, we're waiting for the confidence that we think we need to get up into that stage or to do whatever it is that we're, you know, we've dreamed about. But as you said, all you need is the courage to take that next step and then the next step and then the next step. And then before long, you've got the confidence that uh, you were always looking for. You didn't need that confidence, just the courage to take that step. So thank you for coming on the show and look forward to, to listening to some of your episodes as well on your podcast network. Thanks so much, Anne-Marie. It's my ab- absolute pleasure to share. This podcast is brought to you by TheInfluenceAlliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.TheInfluenceAlliance.com slash podcast series. That's TheInfluenceAlliance.com slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.